want you to know that the stars are real today, and they are beautiful. These are the recordings of Dr. Cornelius Kink. Salutations, listener. My name is Dr. Cornelius Plink. That's Plink with a P as in Plank, not a B as in Behavioral. I'm a general practitioner in Arkham, Massachusetts. If you're listening to this photograph, then I am likely dead. Or I've just led it to you. I made a house call to Bishop Tantrum yesterday. He stopped screaming for a moment, long enough to ask if his mother was still alive. He was given the unfortunate news that she had passed two years prior. The bishop replied, good, and resumed his screaming. On my way back, I passed through the Angledog neighborhood. Do you know the Farthingale House? They're attempting to tear it down again. Of course, this is their 13th attempt over the past 20 years. City officials have the whole block locked down on account of their trying dynamite this time. I do wish them luck, but we all know how the kerosene attempt went. I stopped for lunch in Levi's Delicatessen. I should have known better. It's no fault of Mr. Levi's Vittles, which I consider to be of exceptional quality. No, it's because his establishment has his misfortune to sit across from that damn town hall. Well, not that town hall. It's for tourists. The other town hall, the real one. The one with all the muted screens. I don't know how I'd be get anything done in there. It turns my stomach. I suppose I shall have to start asking for my lunch to take with me. Speaking of town hall, there's a movement to ban the Encyclopedia Terrorificus books. If you know me, you know that I am dead set against any sort of censorship. And yes, I know, the books made that childer's boy's limbs fall off. But how many people have read those books and haven't lost so much as an eyelash? I am willing to go with the fully limbed majority on this one. Here's something to think about when the thunder rolls and the ring falls because it's running out of time and you're squinting and your palms are sweaty, gripping your steering wheel because you know you have only a split second to react if something gets in your way, and all the fat cats, all the owners of the world, are high and dry in their poolside palaces. Just know that I finally found out what that wooly shaped tower out here in Buenos Lake is for. Mind control, my friends. Mind control. They pump us full of the desire to take lower wages and spend all our time eating each other's Salem is having its annual Spring Fling Festival. Seems like a jovial time. I was handed a flyer to the festival by Pretty Little Peach. Hold on. Oh. Well, being. It says that if one wants to avoid being this year's offering, then you should leave a tricycle on the side near the pothole on Dock Street. It would be appreciated if the handlebars have streamers. Howling blood cults, sacrificing wayward hitchhikers to their likewise screaming, howling god. I tell you, I just don't know. I remember my grandfather used to take me fishing in the Hangman's Brook, back when I was knee-high to the proverbial grasshopper. I never much liked fish or fishing, but I did it on account of liking to spend time with the old boy, you know. We'd anchor out in the river with just the sound of the running water and bird song and the whirl of our fishing reels, and he'd spin me some yarns. Tell me this one story of how, when he was a little boy, he would get up early to train a bunch of crows to harass the local farmers. 
on account of them being racist and grandfather being part Huron. We feed the crows little bits of bread and seeds and nuts in exchange for them tearing up the farmer's corn and roots and cabbages. Well, one day the crows got their heads together because they wanted a real payday. So they grouped up, and wouldn't you know it? Grandfather went out that morning. What did you find but a baby lying there in the yard, carried there by a murder of crows? Needless to say, he panicked. It was bad enough that his pet crows brought him a real human baby, but as a white baby kidnapped by an Indian boy. So what did he do? Why, he grabbed that baby right up and held it up to the girls, and he told them straight to their little crow faces that they had better take that baby back right quick, or it was going to be his brown hide for sure. First, nothing happened, but Grandfather was concentrating so hard, was so worried about how that baby's parents were feeling right at that moment, that maybe his gods, I mean the old gods, the ones that have been with his people for over 10,000 years, not that Johnny Kalele from the Bible, well, maybe, just maybe, they took pity on that boy, and the crows understood and wished that infant right back home. All of which just goes to show that if you really wish for something, it just might come true. In order that my grandfather was a gigantic liar. My Jesus, Grandpa. It is my civic duty to let you all know that some pranksters have been swapping out the road signs along Route 1A. I was on my way back from a medical conference in Ipswich, lobotomies for fun and profit, and the road signs, they just went black. Next thing I knew, I was in Delaware. Again. And you know what I think about that place? An acquaintance of mine, who prefers to remain nameless, practicing out of Seattle, decided to pay a visit to some of the low women that ply their trade along Water Street. Rumors had reached him that they were, one and all, some of the most beautiful women to ever walk God's green earth. I cannot confirm these rumors, as I do not partake in such vices. My friend found these ladies and later came to me to repeat how beautiful they all were. He almost cried. A grown man crying over the beauty of women, you can believe that. He said that they were astonishing in their physical virtues, once got past the guilt. However, he said he didn't partake of the surprisingly reasonably priced services for two reasons. The first reason was that the Bible and his glove box began to smoke and the edges of the pages began to curl up like someone was holding a match to them while he was in proximity of the aforementioned beauties. The second reason was that there was a storm that night, and in the brief searing flashes of lightning he swears he saw a temple seven stories tall, made up entirely of the skulls and pelvic bones of men. That was enough for my friend to mash his motor right on out of there and bang on my door at 12.07 in the morning. Still curious. Just how beautiful do women have to be to make men weep? Sometimes I get a dreadful urge to go and find out. Ladies and gentlemen, would you do a fellow citizen a kindness? If you feel the need to proclaim your love of the Yellow King, could you please do it off at the party line? I really need the line to be clear in case of emergency calls. Thank you. So you've been hearing all about me, and how about all of you out there? How's your day? How are your loved ones? Does anyone have a child entering school for the very first time? Or how about one graduating from university, be it our own proud MU or another of the fine institutions of higher learning around the world? Did you get a new puppy? And if nothing happy has happened to you yet today, I hereby give you permission to make it happen. Tell me about yourselves.
Those jokers walking out road signs are still at it. I was on my way back from interviewing for an assistant nurse in Salem when the next thing I knew I was in a hellscape where the roads are paved in literal pulsing flesh and not like dead wax cheats and the air is filled with this kind of ash that I'm pretty sure was made of eyelids. And some beast with the dream of something that is truly lost was hot on my hill but I could not see in my rear views and then I took this off ramp downshifting like an absolute wizard and then I was in fucking Delaware again. Also, but I did not find a suitable nursing assistant. The sky fell and nearly hit me in the head when I was enjoying one of Begakhan's hot dogs at his stand near Town Hall. Not that Town Hall, the other one. Now hear me loud and clear. I'm not saying hail fell. I mean a piece of the sky itself. It was a brilliant day, cerulean blue overhead, and there I was enjoying one of Mr. Xun's jumbos with everything on it. Or is it Mr. Bayek? I'm not exactly sure how you say Korean names, but I am trying to learn. He told me his name means virtuous brother, so that's nice. Anyway, don't you know it, but there's this weird ripping sound overhead and then thunk! There's a piece of this rolling blue sky just laying there at our feet. It's about the size of a dinner plate, jagged around the edges. If you look up on a clear day, you might just be able to spot the place that it fell from. Though it's hard to pick out when the sun's bright. So, if anyone knows who I should return this piece of sky to so we can get things patched up, I would surely appreciate hearing about it. I'm back from a surgery consultation in Bolton. On the drive back, I passed a stand with a sign that said the proprietor was selling snake milk. Naturally, I had one or two questions. Well, I was transported to Delaware yet again. And yes, I am starting to lose feeling in my fingertips and gain it in my eyeballs from all this teleportation. But the joke is on those sign switches this time because I deliberately changed the location of the lecture I was giving. Cocaine and wine, the keys to an energetic nervous system, a smash hit, by the way, to Dover, the capital of Delaware. Take that, you unknowable portals through space and time. Overnight for Observation was created by Daniel Fox. Daniel is the author of the love fantasy novel, The Wizard, the Farmer, and the Very Petty Princess. 